It is Hero Day here at the Rubio House. And for this edition of the Digital Side Hug, we have none other than Buster Clemens. Who's excited to have Buster? Yeah! Yes! Buster and his wife, Kim, are in our home. Kim, would you like to say hello? I know you want to. Hello, everybody. <laughs> That's Kim Clemens. Kim and Buster, you guys on the podcast probably have heard me talk about Buster. Uh, we interviewed you. Buster, you were my first interview on the Digital Side Hug. And isn't that special? <laughs> it is. It really it is. is special. By the way, do you remember how many times we tried to make oh, that happen? Three or four times in several locations Se around the country. We recorded in Livingston, Tennessee. It never happened. We recorded here. You met me at a parking lot of an old abandoned mall in Bellevue. Right. And we sat in my Nissan Leaf and recorded a podcast. That never happened. That never happened. <laughs> finally, you came to my house. I know. You came to my house we, Thanksgiving break or sometime. We finally made it happen in Memphis. And what's, I, what's interesting, I grew up. A, less than a quarter mile from you right. from where you live right now right. in Memphis and so um, I came to say hello and we sat down we did the podcast Kim I remember you were there I don't think you said anything on the podcast uh, did you feel left out no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> so we're celebrating hero day here and of course um, Buster was a big part of, of the naming of this podcast, too, because uh, do you remember how the idea for the Digital Side Hug podcast started? Do you where it came from? I know it has to do with side hugs and how important side hugs are in no. industry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The reason I thought to do a youth ministry podcast, do you, do you know the story? I don't think I know the whole story. I, surely I've told you before. I was sitting in the car listening to Bill Simmons on a podcast talking to some basketball legend. And and I love I love Bill Simmons. I love hearing him interview sports figures and things like that. And and I and the thought came to me, I want Bill Simmons to interview Buster Clemens. That's who I really want to hear on this podcast right now is Buster Clemens because we 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 used to live in the same town. We did youth ministry to, you know in the same town right, for 6 right. years. But we don't get to see each other very much anymore. And so I sat in my car thinking, I want someone to interview Buster Clemens. And then the light bulb came on, and the Digital Side Hug podcast was born. So, that's the reason you were What a great idea. I mean, I have loved listening to all the podcasts. Well, not mine, not the first one, but all the others. <laughs> I have really loved it, and it's great. It really is cool to get an insight into all these other people that you've been talking to. It's crazy cool. I mean, Bill Simmons has nothing on you. Oh, well, that's sweet. I'm I can tell kidding. you're not joking. I'm not joking. But that I started at the start of that. I, I thought actually it was be... listen to and I'm a fan of the digital side of it. That is great. I love that. Well, we have got something special here planned. Actually, Charity, do you want to do you want to tell the story of the day you sort of met Buster again for the first time? Sure. Do you remember this? <laughs> of course I do. Okay, How sure. Forget? <laughs> tell, tell our, by the way, this is my 10-year-old daughter, and I think to set the stage, this was like two years ago. You were eight, maybe. My dad was being, or maybe, maybe, maybe you were nine. Well, the first day I met Buster, I, we were in Memphis with my mom, and I was at the school that my grandfather taught at, and Buster walked up, and... My mom asked me if I knew who he was, and I was like, not really. But, but then he said, you don't know who I am? I'm your dad's hero. <laughs> That's the only way I'm ever referred to around here. You know, Buster, the guy that's your dad's hero. I love that that's story. So ridiculous. It's so It so encapsulates your personality. You, you simultaneously sort of hate the fact that I keep calling you my youth ministry hero, but brag about it to my 10-year-old daughter. That's true. Don't you know I'm your dad's hero? 
So, oh, that's I don't great. see any pictures of me around, so that's good. Yeah, that's Brian. helpful. Well, what's I interesting though, my wife cannot be here. Um, she was she had to go. She's at a hair appointment right now, and but before she left, she left some things for you. She did. The most disappointing thing about being here at your house is that she's not here. <laughs> your beautiful children are here, though. So I know that they are. Makes up for it a little bit. And Kim my is my favorite. Rubio is not even here. Kim is my wife's hero, youth ministry wife hero. That's and so of the hero stuff. And yeah. so you know it she it's breaking becky's heart not to be here she left a note for kim well kim deserves to be a hero she's definitely awesome. she's amazing and she also becky left some signs around she did they're very sweet thank you becky <laughs> one of which says hero day can i just say this out loud i love becky rubio you can't there i said it you can say it out loud I think we all feel that way, don't we, Digital Side Hug listeners? Who doesn't? <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, she left a sign called Hero Day and baked some cookies for you. Right. And, uh, so and sweet. It, yeah, it was amazing. But that's not the only thing we're going to do to celebrate Hero Day, is it? We're we're ready to do more because in the Ruby because we love you we we this is a this is obviously a, a cool moment and so we've got a couple of things for you Charity Benson if y'all could go and I'm gonna start the music here and go get it and bring it back and we'll just present this with uh, to to Buster do you recognize the music that's playing right now yes you can't hear it okay uh even though this song obviously uh is is sort of about a hero that that kind of we know is ordinary the song is called my hero and hopefully we don't get in trouble for this i'd love digital side hug listeners to to go online right now buy the song my hero by foo fighters charity let's present it to buster it's an official certificate. It's a certificate made by my daughter, Charity, which read it to us, Buster. Congratulations to Buster Clemens. You have just won the My Father's Hero Award. <laughs> Charity, <laughs> there's a lot of work put into this, by the way. Yes. I mean, there's coloring, there's drawing, there's gluing, taping, glitter. This is the best. Charity, you're the best. When I told my family that you were coming over and why I was doing the podcast, she, she decided to make this awesome certificate it's and so named colorful. it herself, it. My Father's Hero Award. And Vincent, in honor of Buster's the visit. The first time I've ever received this award. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vincent, let's present to him the hype fanny pack. <laughs> the hype fanny pack. There's a lot of this hype. Is, yes, this this is a hype fanny pack for you. Once in again, honor, something I don't have. In honor of the have a purple fanny pack that says hype. And this this is how we feel about you. Hashtag hype. There's a lot of uh, hype. So Buster, we we do love you very much. Congratulations on now the many many years in youth ministry. How many years now have you been at Highland in Memphis? Since '87. So 28 years yes. in youth ministry, and which of course, Kim, means you've been in 28 years of, of youth ministry spousalness. Let's start here, because um, I always do a lightning round, get to know me, and I love to find this stuff out. Was there ever, can you tell us, was there a moment where you thought about getting out of youth ministry, the two of you, and, and when was that? Yesterday. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I think... Kim would say, what was our hardest year in youth ministry? Our hardest year was in 1993 when our twins were born. Yeah, that was a tough year because we had a five-year-old and then we had newborn twins. Trey was five, was Matt really and Zach hard. were born. Was, and what, I don't know if we can do this or not. What time of year were they born? In July. So they were born in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I had not Oh, my goodness. They were in September. 
So I didn't go to camp, and then we did we did our regular stuff after that, but things slowed down a whole lot. <laughs> so I'm guessing there were conversations about, hey, my ministry's doing this. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> exactly. That was the year that Buster decided to go to the National Conference for Youth Ministry and leave me at home, and he came home with strep throat. Oh. And I was kind of like, see, you should have never gone and left me here. <laughs> So was that, I mean, did you seriously consider a transition at that point? No, no. So no, you loved really, it. And yeah, we loved we it. We really haven't had a time where we were thinking we should quit doing this. So we haven't had that time yet. You've always, I remember um, calling you one time and asking you, did your church ever, you know, kind of, did, did you ever feel like your church didn't want you around? And your answer was no, ne never. I mean, Not it's yet. always been a good place for you and a good fit for, for your family. Uh, that's cool. Okay, so um, let's move on to some other questions. All right, so how many wins for the Grizzlies this year? How many wins? How many wins? Last year it was 55. Uh, yeah, if we could get to 55 again, I think that would be amazing. What's your prediction? I'm going to go with 54. 54 wins, okay. And all right, let's do this. I want actually... I just want to win in the playoffs. That's what I want to see. Oh. I want to get back to the, the big time. Agreed. Agreed. That's the best. We just... I think this is the year. Buster, can I have my my kids ask you some lightning round questions? Let's do some lightning round All right, Charity, questions. I asked them each to prepare a question. Charity, go. What is your favorite pet, but it can't be a common one. It has to be exotic. An exotic pet? Oh, you know what would be cool would be to have an iguana. Like when we go to Belize every summer, we see these iguanas, and sometimes they'll be three or four feet long. I think that would be the coolest thing to have one of those and just walk around with it. Three or four feet long? Yes. Wow. I'm like, not all of them. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I'd want one, but it would eventually grow to be that big. Yeah. And I think, I just think they're cool looking. How many years have you gone to Belize? Uh, every year. Since? Uh, before going, you were in I've youth been, ministry? Yeah, I've been going since before I was a youth minister. Because you were a volunteer. I went, yeah, I went as a volunteer, so I don't know, since 86. Wow. That's 30 years. Yep. Man, okay, Benson. Love it. Benson, give us a lightning round question. Too. And Benson, uh, please hurry. Let's remember, kids, hurry with this because I like these lightning rounds to be really fast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go. What is your preferred Memphis barbecue place? Oh, that's oh, a hard good question. question. Everybody wants to know what's the best barbecue. Yeah, of course, you've so been many, in Memphis a long I've been time. Been in Memphis a long time. I've eaten at almost all of them. But since we're doing lightning round, I'm going to go with Central Barbecue, and especially Central Barbecue, the one on summer. That's the one. That's my favorite Central. We like that one because there's plenty of room and they got the big screen TVs and it's just a cool place. Okay, Central on Summer. So go Kim, to Central on Summer. What's your answer? Yep. Same place. Yes. Okay. All right, Madeline. Um, what is your favorite ever vacation spot? Oh, we love. Well, we went to San Diego a couple years ago and we loved that. Uh, but our typical vacation is to the lake because we love that more than anything, and so we go to Heber Springs, Arkansas on Greer's Ferry Lake. It's the clearest, most beautiful lake near our home. And so we drive over there, stay in a family's lake house. It's like a Southern living type of lake house. It's got everything. So we spend a lot of time on the water and hanging out and hiking the, you know, around the lake and stuff. But I just love being on the water. I love going to the lake. It's very peaceful and just a lot of fun. We love it. Greer's Ferry Lake is, is completely rock bottom. Oh, and that's clear forever. It's one of the places where they will take you, you know, yeah, it's like the Caribbean go, yeah, or Heber. Yeah, yeah, because of the clarity of water. I haven't been diving there yet, but I'm going to do that one day. 
That's awesome. All right, uh, two more questions before we transition uh, into youth ministry stuff yeah, specifically. Uh, no, 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 I don't know. I, 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 that's it for the for the okay. offspring uh, questions. But I do. Morris Gregwire asked the question. I love Morris. <laughs> My answer is Fanny J. Crosby. Because who doesn't love Fanny J. Crosby? <laughs> well, you're. What's Thank interesting, you, Stephen Zirkins. What's interesting is uh, Morris Gregwire, who has been a, a, a guest on the podcast. Yes, one of the more popular guests ever. Morris grew up in your youth ministry. He did. And you, you know him well. Yes, and he knows Brett Goots, so there's a shout That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So you, you're, you're, I mean, the amount of blessing you have been to the podcast keeps going and keeps going with, with just the impact you've had. Okay, so Morris asked, in fact, I sent him a text message, Morris, today saying, Buster Clemens is coming over. I'm recording the 50th podcast. Do you, got, you have anything special for him? This is his question. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> what is the last thing you've febrezed and why? <laughs> the last thing I febrezed? Oh my goodness, let me think. Oh, my van. Is there a reason? My personal vehicle, because there was an odor that needed to be febrezed. And let's just leave it at that. <laughs> But awesome. it was. It was absolutely, yes. That's so great. This is a great invention. It Morris is. Gregoire probably invented it, but I don't know. All right. Hey, th thank you. Morris Gregoire, asking can be fun. I'm, I'm Here at the 50th podcast, what that means is there have been 50 Morris Gregoire questions, and we, we still don't have that book published. So if you are out there, you're with a publishing company, we want to do that. Uh, asking can be fun. It's a, it's a great way to get conversations going. Um, thank you for asking, or for, for Morris for contributing that question, and Buster for being honest. Uh, and maybe there's more to the story, but we'll leave it at that. All right, the final question is, there's a button in front of you, and if you push it, if you push it, you continue to do youth ministry, but it cannot be at Highland. It can be anywhere else. It cannot be at Highland. If you do not press the button, you continue to stay on staff as Highland, but you transition to be the nursery and preschool coordinator. <laughs> it was going so well right until that point. So you get to, you've been in youth ministry 28 years. You've been going to Belize for 30. Obviously, this is going to be a different ministry if you switch. But you, so the question is, do you stay? It's still a with, simple answer. And it's, the answer it's is easy. Answer is there's no way I'm pushing the button. You stay at Highland. I'm staying at Highland. I'm staying at Highland because that's my family, man. That's what. That's what. Those are my people. Those are people that love me and that I love, and I would do just about anything to to continue being a part of that family. I think that's way more important than what I was doing for a job or something. Yeah. And plus, I love kids, and I'm about to be a grandfather. <laughs> so if I get to be with my granddaughter, about to be a grandfather is this? Corinne is going to be born. Corinne Clements is going to be born in February. Did I know this? First, I don't think I knew this. Daughter. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So what a great time in life to transition well, to nursery. It would be great. I mean, you're going to transition to the nursery anyway when Corinne visits right. Island. Right. That's great. Yeah. So letting go of the thing you have 28 years of expertise in, letting go of all the professional connections and the, the, the conferences you go to and those and starting something new and, and all that, all that 
is is worth it to yeah, stay at the place where you are. nursery and preschool, I would love doing that. And I could still tell the youth minister what to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be at high <laughs> Kim, any any thoughts to add on that? Do you like that answer? Or you? I want to know how many grandfathers there are in youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But, that may be happening sooner than we think. And th but there Not there the are a few. There are a few. We'll be the geriatric minister here. <laughs> well, what's interesting, Buster, for me, you've been one of those uh, youth ministers that you know you're decade older and 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 past me that has helped me kind of see where I'm going. And I remember getting into youth ministry early on and hearing youth ministers don't stay in very long. Yep. And but and I always had you to look at and say, but he he is. Yeah, that's, yep. I had people in front of me like that too. I, I have heroes that I looked up to as well. That I kind of talked to, and yeah, of course they're all dead now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's transition. Uh, we're 17 minutes in-ish. Not all of them are dead. All right. Th hey, thank you. Thank you, family. Uh, Y'all don't, I mean, you may not want to stay for this next part, although feel free to do so if you'd like. Buster, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when you and I both sort of interacted on Twitter with youthministry.com? Yeah, yeah. There, there was, a, was cool. a, a question. I don't know how many of you out there follow youthministry.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, really terrific uh, Twitter follow because every day or two or at some point you know pretty often they'll put out questions for youth ministers to answer and it's fun to answer but it's also interesting to receive the blessing of other ministry answers from around the country and on September the 22nd uh, this year at 2:25 p.m. youthministry.com put this question on Twitter if you could give a brand new youth worker just one piece of advice what would it be ready set go and i remember seeing that and having this really strong sense that i that i know exactly what it would be and so i, I clicked and i don't always answer the questions and as none of us do i mean a lot of times i'm not even able to follow twitter enough to see all the questions but i saw this one and i knew i, I want to answer it because i have a real firm answer to both and I, what i wrote was to a married youth worker my first, my, my first piece of advice would be your daily to-do list should be, number one, fall in love with your spouse more yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, that's good. And number two, everything else. And then my answer for a single youth worker, in the same, in the same tweet, I wrote, if single, find a Buster Clemens now. Because... I look back on that moment in 1995 where my dad, I was brand new in youth ministry. I had just graduated from college. I got lucky to have the job that I had, probably because my congregation didn't know me quite well enough, honestly, <laughs> or because my youth ministry didn't really know what they were getting into hiring a youth minister to begin with. And so I, felt I was kind of lucky to have the job I had. I had no training to do it. I was just a, I had a big personality and I love people. And they, they thought, well, we'll hire him. They knew my dad, good man, knew my mom, hero in the faith, all this. So they hired me to do this job. And my father said to me, you need to talk to Buster. And that fall, I called you up and said, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do this thing called youth ministry? And I still remember that conversation and the blessing it was and how six years later when I was still at that church employed, your conversation had a lot to do with that. So I immediately thought, number one, find somebody who, who's done this that you respect, who can mentor you. 
and your first response to youthministry.com, do you remember what it was? I mean, probably subscribe to the digital side. That's exactly what you said, and I, probably because I had tagged you, and you, you were, of course, trying to be supportive and encouraging. I know that's not actually the first thing that you would say to a new minister. And so, knowing that our 50th podcast was coming and that I wanted to have you back on the podcast, I called you and I said, hey, what if we do this for real and you give us eight or ten answers to the question, what's one critical piece of advice for a new youth worker? And again, Buster, this doesn't have to be a 22-year-old right out of college. And, right. and of course, it might, he might not be married. She might not be single. You know, it, it, you don't know who it's going to be. This might be a 30-year-old like you that's been volunteering and then feels called into paid ministry. And it might be that your answer is for the volunteer youth worker out there that isn't even paid to do this. Um, so that's it. And, and, and I said, what if we did that podcast? You said, I like the idea. And, and now here we are. So let's go. If, if you don't mind, can we transition to yeah. a list of answers that you would yeah. give? And now you're not everybody's youth ministry hero, but everybody listening to this podcast that is a youth worker can find a real sense of respect for someone who has done youth ministry for 28 years in a congregation, someone that has been taking and leading teenagers to the mission field for 30 years so so we've got your attention or i'm sorry you've got our attention we we want to hear your answers to that question what do you what do you tell what are the critical pieces of advice for a new youth worker okay i came up with 11 things and some of them are pretty awesome some of them are pretty broad and we can do them lightning round if you want to i won't spend a ton of time on each one of them some of them are pretty self-explanatory but there are, there are a lot of things you have to do, and I think when guys first start off in youth ministry, they get to the office at their church, and they sit down at the desk if they have one, and they look around and think, well, now what? <laughs> I'm a youth minister. What do I need? To, what should I be doing right now? And I've had guys actually call me and say, hey, uh, you know, I'm starting my job this week, and I don't really know what I should be doing first. <laughs> and I'm like, did you go to college? But anyway... So I tell them, I was like, well, here's some things you might want to think about doing. Here's some stuff you can be doing to build on if you don't have anything pressing that you need that you have that, on your list already. So a, a couple of things that I thought over, and here's the list, I guess. One is, I think you need to get to know your leaders. Uh, that would really help a lot. So you need to know can, can, the yeah, secretary, it, receptionist, whoever that is, that's kind of the face of the church. <clears throat> you need to make sure you get to know that person. If you have an administrator, you need to get to know that administrator. You need to get to know the preacher. What's the preacher all about? You need to get to know elders. Just go out to lunch with them. And a lot of times, if you're new in ministry, you ask an elder, say, "How can we go to lunch together? Or can we eat breakfast together? Or go get coffee? I just want to get to know you and let you get to know me that's not in an interview setting. Right, you know, right. They've hired you, so they, they know you a little bit, right. but you want to spend some time with them. And I think that just what that does, it builds trust. It shows that you care. You kind of learn the culture environment of your church and maybe your town or your city. And uh, if you go in there humble, just wanting to learn, I think you should do that. Meet with these people casually or formally and with one goal in mind, that would be to listen. I think you should just go and find out what your leaders are thinking and feeling about the church and the direction of the church, what they would love to see happen, what's their dream for the church and that kind of thing. I just think that would help you a lot. Uh, if you have the receptionist on your side, the administrator trusts you, you take care of business like you're supposed to, the preacher knows you've got his back and you support what they're trying to do as a church, 
that goes a long ways. So that's a pretty simple thing. But first thing would be to get to know your leaders. A second thing I would say would can, be. Can, let me jump okay. in real right, quick and just yes. say that I, it sounds like one key to that process is humility. Yes. Just be humble. Yeah. You don't don't go in there as a know-it-all. That's a whole. I mean, I'm hoping that you're not doing that anyway. You, you would never ask the administrator at your church to, to you would never to, you would never look for th yeah. this information if you already knew it all. Yes. Yeah, like what can I do to make your job easier? What do you What do you need from me, or what do you expect from me as the youth minister? Yeah, the you idea know? of what can I learn from you as you go into that conversation. Yeah, that's what great. advice do you have for me? Like the people before us, how they do it? Do they do it the way you want it done, or do you want it done differently? What do we need to keep doing? What do we need to change? And I love how you know for those of us in churches with elderships or elder boards right. those are obvious leaders we think of our senior minister or our preacher that's an obvious leader you yeah. started with get to know your leaders but then you immediately went to an administrative assistant yeah or a who secretary the, yeah. who are the voice in the face of your churches that knows everybody yeah. knows everything which a, you know a lot of churches have somebody like that i would want that person on my side but i love that you lumped receptionist were, in with leader she, yeah margaret lee when she was at highland I mean, she was a big fan because we were friends, and I trust her, and she knew what I was doing. Right. And so when elders would say, hey, what's going on with the youth group? What's Buster doing? Man, she could tell them because she knew me. Margaret and, Street, and uh, she, Highland uh, Street Church, Margaret Lee. Margaret Lee. Man, I miss Margaret. <laughs> I do, too. Okay. Next, I would tell people to get out of the office. Like, I think you can't just sit in your office all the time. You've got to get out, go meet the parents, go meet the teenagers. And I mean meet all of them. Don't just hang out with the ones that are popular there all the time. Meet your volunteers. Go meet some of the school leaders. Introduce yourself. Just show that you care and are concerned about teenagers, that you have a desire to serve them. And it also helps you kind of assess the needs. Like when you talk to parents, find out, okay, what do you love about the youth group? Or what are the good things about the youth group? How has it helped you? What are some things you'd like to see from the youth group that we haven't been doing that you'd like for us to consider doing? And find out how they can serve. Um, how can they get involved? How can they help you? And I think meeting with the teenagers and including all the teenagers just shows that you care about them. Like you can get out of the office and go to some of their events at school. Uh, if you're at a place where you can visit kids during lunch, do that. But you can always go to after school activities. Meet. If you have a small enough youth group, maybe you could even go to all of their homes. I did that when our youth group was smaller. And that was very eye-opening to see where everybody lived, see what their environment was like at home, meet their parents, meet the whole family. And then you kind of have a better understanding where that kid's coming from. And you find out what they are interested in and you show interest in what they like to do. Like if he, the guy shows you his bedroom and it's covered up with sports stuff and he's got, you know, you find out he's a big cross-country runner. Well, now you've got something to connect with that kid mm -hmm. with, or if it's football or music or art or whatever. I just think that's really important that you get out of the office so you're not spending all of your time in the office. And even ministers with perhaps a group far too large to go to the home of every teen right. or to see every teen in a band concert or, right. or be, dance performance. But what you can do, what you're talking about is as you – as you gather leaders around you, you get to know them as you meet them, getting out of the office to connect to the volunteers that are helping multiply right. your ministry. Yep. You know, it's hard to call them to a life that you're not also doing. So you're, you're telling your leaders, you know, the ninth grade covenant group leaders, for instance, right. you want them in the homes of ninth graders because you can't go in the home of every single student. Yep. 
But if you're not ever getting out of the office going into the home of some students, then why would ninth grade leaders Right. you know want to be inspired by you in in that in terms of that direction yeah. so that's really good stuff and that's a hard one because it depends on the size of your your church and your youth group and your staff you know if you're by yourself and you have 25 kids in a youth group you can do that but if you're right. part of a multi-staff with 250 kids you do things differently it's a little different yeah that's right okay what what's three you know this and these are not in any kind of order by okay. most spiritual or anything like that it's just a list of all the different things I would say at different times. Again, the question, This we're talking with Buster Clemens, 28-year uh, veteran in youth ministry and Rubio Hero, who is answering the question, what's a critical piece of information or a critical thing for a new youth worker to, to do? All right, so here's another one. You only get one chance to make a first impression. And so uh, make sure that is as good as you can make it. So don't be a slob. Look sharp, because if you look sharp, you play sharp. So you don't have to dress up, you know, nicer than everyone else, but you don't need to be a slob either because you're creating a first impression on, on a lot of people and they don't know you. They may not know how much you love Jesus and how much you've sacrificed and all that about your faith. They only see what's on the outside because that's what man looks at. So when I'm starting off, I think I would want to make my appearance good. And I'm just saying that because obviously I've talked to several guys and seen several guys and heard stories about guys and women whose appearance was not at that like they didn't care about what they looked like. So they would go to the office looking sloppy when everyone else was dressed in, you yeah. know, regular work clothes. So look sharp. Well, what do you say to don't the person your, who... Don't wear your gym shorts to, to the office on Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't wear your workout clothes to if you're going to be in the office doing things. And if you're talking to a young minister or young youth minister... stupid you know superficial thing but uh, yeah that's what people look at what i was about to say I'm just throwing that out there for I, the guys that don't know that's important and and it's it's a hard balance because you do you do know that god looks at the heart and and we as ministers understand it you know we hate it when teens get judged for their appearances right. but you're saying but you're going to you if you know because this is the way people are you know, meet yes. them halfway and you don't can't look control like a everything. There are a lot of things out of your control, but that is something that's within your control. So take control of that. Okay, good. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I think it's important to do everything with excellence. So I think you need to communicate well with uh, your church and families and kids. You need to make sure everything is planned and organized so that, for example, when you say you're going to you know something you're going to be back from a trip this is your first trip you need to have plenty of chaperones probably more than enough you need to make sure the transportation is safe and good you need to have um, a plan for what's going to where everything's taken care of we're not running around with your head cut off or you forgot a whole bunch of stuff because that just makes people wonder if you really know what you're doing and can they trust their it affects trust with you yeah so you're building trust it's helping to create an identity that, hey, if Buster says he's going to be back at 6, they'll be back at 6. And if they're not, it's because something happened, and they'll call and let us know if they're not. So little things like that. Just doing things with excellence. I think it's important that you probably, starting off especially, that you under-promise and then over-deliver. Instead is of saying, this, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. Is this a new one? or is that kind of a, That's a new one. The, the, do this, everything with excellence. That's number four. Okay. This is a part of do everything with excellence, yes. though, to under-promise under -promise and over-deliver. Over-deliver. And, and you said at the start to do that. Is that, again, because what you're doing is building, you're building trust in the people that you're yeah. working with? Yeah. 
and you're building identity, you're building trust. That's I just think that's important if you're going to be a youth minister because you are parents are trusting us with their most valuable possessions, their children. And so I'm not going to just send my kids off somewhere with someone I don't trust and don't right. really know. People are very, uh, they're just not going to do that. Under promise, over deliver versus over promise and under deliver. I, we can all yeah. see how that would be right. a tragedy. Yeah, don't do that. All right, what's next? Number five, be prepared when you teach or speak. Be prepared. Don't wing it. You're just starting off. You don't really have built in credibility yet. You don't, people don't know. You may not know as much as you think you know. So if you want to be effective, <laughs> you want to create a life changing message rather than just get through the class. Which I know a lot of guys, they just will have to teach Wednesday night, so I'll just teach on this. And they don't really know what they're talking about. So yeah. They're not invested in the lesson, and they're not listed in those Bible verses that they're just, you know, they read right. something, they read an article, so now they're going to go and communicate that article and throw in a couple of stories of their own. That's not the same as you really believe this, you really think this is important. So the people that you're teaching, the students that you're teaching, they get that. If you don't think it's important, if you're not... You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't really believe what you're saying, the teenagers know that. You shouldn't be teaching it. Yeah, it's like, why are you even teaching this? If it's something we already know, we've already heard a million times, and you're just quoting some article that you read. So be prepared. It, it just, it's a good thing. And if we, if we as youth leaders don't feel, you know, if, if we don't believe it, or let's say the things we really want to teach are, you know, we, we, we keep coming back to the same things. So I guess what I'm asking is, What's the role of inviting others to do that when we don't feel it ourselves? Yeah. I mean, I would get someone else to do it for sure. I mean, there's some times you're going to have to teach something that you're not all that excited yeah. about. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. But it, if you have a plan and like a curriculum you're going through or you have a goal you're trying to reach, you have certain things you want your teenagers to know, you're going to be more invested in some parts of it than others. Right. And you're going to have more interest in certain aspects of your faith, depending on where you are spiritually. Uh, you're going to be more interested in certain things than you are others. And you're you said at the start, be prepared. And so, and then and then another piece of that became if you don't believe in it, you can still prepare to teach something and not wing it, e even if it isn't your favorite thing to talk about. Right. All right. Good. Uh, number six. I think this is probably the most important. And every minute, it's true of every minister. It's true of every Christian. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus, we have to grow our own faith. And so we have to pray. I would say make sure you're praying. Make sure you are reading your Bible. Make sure you study your Bible. Make sure you are giving money. Make sure you're worshiping God. Just the basic spiritual disciplines of growing your own faith and having an attitude of trying to be more like Christ every single day. And I think it's important for us as youth ministers, especially I just think it's important for all of us as youth ministers that to know that we can't give away something we don't have. You know, so I just think that's a big deal. Take care of yourself. If you take care of yourself first, then you can take care of others. That that is really critical, and and I hear that with the ears of a of a a guy that grew up ADHD, 
a guy that really struggles, you know, sometimes to just stay focused on anything at all. You know, my, my, my personality handles that a little differently. And I know just, just from being on a, a multi-minister staff, I know not every minister is like me. Some ministers really dig quiet time and solo time. And that has, for my whole life, been a challenge for me. So, you know, should I hear, should I hear you and immediately get discouraged because I'm not as good at this as you? I didn't or, say I was good at it. I just said everyone, we should all be doing it. Okay. And I think we have to do it the way that works for us. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's all different. And there are lots of different, there's a million books that talk to you about different ways and teach you different ways you can do things. But I don't think you should feel guilty about how much you are or are not doing. And you shouldn't be prideful if you are, that's your thing and you spend yeah. hours reading your Bible every day. Well, and I hear you saying, do it, not necessarily be good at it or like it or you know but do it yeah we have to do it that's that's i mean you just have to do it to me that's a simple thing like all these things are but if you're starting off in ministry i've talked to a lot of guys that um you know they're busy doing things for other people yeah but they're not doing anything for themselves anymore because they feel like well i don't need that anymore i've got my i got a degree in bible so i don't really need that anymore and they only pray when they're asking god to bless some event they're doing Oh, to me, that's a that's yeah. a very scary thing, and I think that's going to lead to a disaster down the road. I, I can so still take care of yourself. I, I I remember starting in ministry at my current job at Otter Creek 13 years ago, and it 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 felt like what they needed was somebody who would hit the ground running, and so I did. I hit the ground running. Right. A lot of guys do that. And I felt pressure to hit the ground running. So that's what I did, and I, and I remember getting six, eight, ten months out in my job, thinking, you know, th everybody here respects me for hitting the ground running, but I felt empty. You know, I felt like I was missing some of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. I remember looking back you're and thinking, the motions. Well, I, I don't. I was. I love. I, I wasn't going through the motions in a, in the sense that I didn't love what, who I was ministering to and the job I was doing. But I remember thinking. Maybe I should have come in and, and watched and listened and prayed and sat and let God lead. You know, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I was asking the question to God, is this the direction we should be going? Because I, I was trying to hit the ground running. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I hear you saying whether you're good at it or not or whether this is something that floats your boat or not, here are some basic Christian principles, you know, life of Jesus type stuff that we need to we need to put a priority yeah, on. I just think something recently I've been studying and learning more about is just how the Holy Spirit leads us and how to be led by the Spirit and it has really convicted me to to think more about that because it is so easy to be to just do whatever's going to impress everyone the most. Yeah. Uh, do what's going to be the most popular thing, do what's going to be really the easy thing for youth ministers. You know, just plan some cool fun event. Everybody think you're great cuz you're doing this or that. But there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, the, the times that I've really made a difference in someone's life, I think, have been when I was able to help them in a spiritual in a spiritual way, just help them grow closer to God or get through a time when they weren't even sure if they believed in God or not. And to sit down, do a Bible study with them, and share some things that I had in my heart that right. I had been studying and learning myself. Yeah, yeah. And I was able to help that person. And those are the things that people really remember. Mm -hmm. And I still get feedback from people that, uh, that I was able to be be there for. And I was only able to be there for them because I had something to give them. If I'd have been empty, I think I would have just, I wouldn't have been any help at all. And to me, that would have been tragic. And I think the whole being led by the Spirit thing, going back to that, 
you know, you're led by the spirit or you're led by the sinful nature. And if you don't constantly look to the spirit and ask for the spirit to lead you and seek to follow the spirit, it seems to me like you're going to start going with the sinful nature. And we all know too many uh, ministers and Christians who have quit listening to the spirit and start being led by a sinful nature. And we all know what that leads to. Mm -hmm. So I want the fruit of the spirit to be in my life, to come out in my life the way I live. And the only way we can do that is to be led by spirit. And you do that through being close to God and staying close to God. That way we're serving other people and God's getting the glory. And this is a challenge for brand new youth workers, maybe more so than guys that have been in for 28 years. Is, is, is it a challenge more for think, the new guy? Because you don't have to... No, per, I you, think it's a constant challenge. Yeah, but I guess being 28 years at one congregation, you, you do you still feel the pressure to do the popular thing or to do yes. something? Yes. Rather than just be yeah, and do... because teenagers are teenagers. I want to do the fun stuff. And I like doing the fun stuff. And so you're fighting it like you but did you 28 to, years ago. Yes. Yeah, it's a constant, ongoing thing. Yeah. So maybe we should rename this podcast <laughs> Critical Things for Any Youth Minister to Do. This is great, Buster. We get more? We're, Give us more. more. All right. I think you should be a lifelong learner. I'll just throw these out. Like, you do need to keep reading books and a lot, a lot of people reading blogs and articles. But that way you can be a resource to your parents your teenagers into your church. Uh, Jim Burns and Doug Fields influenced me a lot when I first started. I was going to ask and about And they kind of helped me with that. Um, there's a new guy that, I don't know how new he is, but his name's Aaron Hellman, and he does smarteryouthministry.com. And he writes some really practical stuff. So I started looking at his articles. Smartministry.com? Uh, it's called smarter. It's smarterym.com. Smarterym.com. And then we have a guy. Uh, I don't know anything about Aaron and his faith and all that. I just know he writes some pretty good youth ministry articles. And what's his last practical. name? Aaron? Aaron Hellman. A-T-L-M-A-N. And then there's a guy in Memphis at the uh, Harding School of Theology named Jim Martin. And he has a blog or a website called GodHungry.org. Might check that out. He has very practical advice uh, for young ministers as well as guys that have been in it for a while and just for people wanting to follow Jesus. And uh, some of it's very practical that's guided for ministers and others are just for people that are seeking to, to follow Jesus. So anyway, keep being a lifelong learner. And, and there might be ministers out there who do this in a formal way with a with an education, a graduate education or a seminary education or a youth ministry yeah. degree or something. But what you're talking about is beyond that, even after yeah. you've you got, got your that, degree. You need to keep growing yourself and keep learning new things. I'm constantly learning things because we do things so different now than we did Absolutely. five or ten years ago and way different than we did 28 years right, ago. Right. Some of the stuff that is in books from back then. You can't do anymore. You get arrested. Right. And they used to think it was really cool and fun. It's like, no, you can't do it anymore. Right. So that's I think that's cool. And number okay, eight, that's great. That's number great. Eight, pay attention to people who make you want to be a better person. A lot of times we listen to the wrong people, uh, just the critics. But if you need to have people in your life that when you're around them, you leave there thinking, man, I want to be more like, I just want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman because you've been around them. We had a lady named Ann King. That was like that for me. Yeah, man, Miss Ann, she would just, she was so encouraging. And when you left her, you just knew you'd been in the presence of a godly woman. And when I'm around Gerald, Gerald Jerkins, and Dave Kelly, and their wives, you know, Susie and Beth. Well, if I'm around uh, John and Betty Bennett, and I'm just with them for a little while, when I leave them, I want to be better 
like as a person. And so I think it's important that if you're new, you find some people like that in your life. Uh, who are those godly people at your church that just live a, it might be quiet, it might not be, but they just, they love, they love Jesus and they live it out just in every day. There's nothing flashy. And when you leave that person, you feel like, man, I want to be more like that person. I want to be more like Jesus because I see Jesus in them. I see the spirit working in their lives. You know, when I'm hanging out with the Betts or the Reagans, there's just so many people like that that uh, make me want to be, I guess, better. Are these people that, first of all, how how cl- how close are you to these people? Like good friends or are these maybe even just... Some of them I'm really good friends with and others are, are kind of friends from a distance, like uh-huh. you admire them from a distance. And you you, I try to create, intentionally create times to be with them. Okay. Like I'll go find them at church, like before services or after services. And I'll go, I would go talk to Ann King. Yeah. Or I'll talk to some of these other people. Uh, some of them I work very closely with because they're volunteers Others are church members that don't have anything to do with the youth ministry, but everyone knows, okay, that woman, that woman is as close to Jesus as anyone I know. Well, I want to know who that woman is, yeah. and I want her to know me, yeah. and I want her to pray for me. Yeah. So when she puts her arm around me and tells me she loves me, and she kisses me on the cheek and says, I love you, you're doing a great job, there's nothing that makes you feel better than that. Mm. And then I just think, man, I want to do a great job because I want Ann King to be proud, right. or I want the Jerkins to be proud, or I want to be like the Bennetts or whatever. And are these the kinds of people that you would approach if you needed a hard word spoken? Or, or, or maybe whether oh, you yeah, knew you needed that or not, these yeah. are the kind of people you could hear that from? They'd, yeah. And I would listen and do whatever they said. Yeah. Because they would tell me the truth. Well, that's... <laughs> There's that. <laughs> that's awesome. So find some people like that at your church and get to know them. Because you're not going to want to hear, you know, some a, a parent you have no relationship with, or somebody in your church that you know doesn't know you, doesn't know your ministry, isn't close to you, but comes up to you to discourage you or to criticize your ministry. It's really hard to do anything helpful with that. Right. But but these people that make you want to be a better man, if if they see something in you that that maybe they wonder about, it makes you wonder too, and and ask the really important questions. That's great. Is this are these people like you for me? Or are we talking about not not yeah, youth yeah. ministry mentors, but just life? I mean, life mentors. I have some youth ministry mentors like that too. But I'm talking about people that I'm around at your more church. Often, yeah, at my yeah, own yeah. Church. Okay, got it, got it. Because I've got because you play a really critical, important role in my life. But you and I are at different churches, yeah, and we we'll walk past around. different people, and we're worshiping with a different family every Sunday. Right. So okay. That's great, I mean, great it advice. An, it might be an elder. It might be an elder's wife. It might be a deacon. It might be an older church member. You never know who it's going to be. But. Are these the people that when you, let's say 10 years ago, when, you're, when your three sons were still in your home, are these the people whose, whose kids, sons and daughters, you wanted Matt, Trey, and Zach some to grow up and be yeah. like? Oh, yeah, some of them for sure. I mean, did that help you kind of determine yeah. that's the person? Or is it just, you know, kind of, do I feel the presence of God when I'm around them? Do I? Do I I'm talking about, I was talking more about that. Yeah, okay. more of... You know, when I'm around uh, Eddie and Becky Cunningham, for example, I, they just make me want to follow Jesus more after yeah. talking to them because they're so encouraging. And everything they talk about and live out is about Jesus somehow. Yeah. So they just remind me of what's important. It's really good. Three three more? We got three, three more. more. We got three more. You want to do three? Yes. We got time? Oh okay. Goodness. I don't know if we have time, but we're doing three build, more. <laughs> build your team. You got to build a team around you of volunteers. You got to learn how to delegate. You do not have to be... The Lone Ranger, only main guy who does everything. If you have a big personality and can do that, well, God bless you and go for it. But you do not want to burn yourself out. 
and you're going to and you're going to miss out on your students getting to know a lot of really great people if you're the only person up front and the only person ever seen and and i know you're joking so get when a you whole say bunch of volunteers when you say if you if you've got a big enough personality to do it great go do it you're you're yeah. you're joking but even because those people need the, volunteers because the students are missing out yeah. on all those other people yeah. in their congregation that could bless them yeah even the people with that are like that they have that are good and that have lasted they have lots of volunteers doing ministry with students one-on-one there's a lot of people with a lot of different gifts out there yes they just need to love god if they love teenagers that's great too but they at least want to help teenagers know jesus even if they don't want to be with them themselves i mean they can run your sound they can do your print they can do communication stuff who knows but it's just important that you get some people that love god uh, that want to make a difference in the lives of teenagers so build a really good team around you Second to last question. If you want to win, I got this. Well, who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't (laughs) want to win? win? Lou Holtz uh, talked about this once and win. So we're about to hear Lou Holtz. Wisdom from Lou Holtz on the digital side hug. (laughs) Yes, on digital side. I'm not a Lou Holtz guy, but I do like this quote. Uh, And I don't know where he got it, but he just said, you need to ask yourself, what's important now? So when you're new and you're just starting off, you have a lot of things. Maybe you're overwhelmed with all the things you need to be doing. Ask yourself what's important now, and do that. You can't worry. Can't dwell on the past. Can't worry about what happened in the past. Can't worry about what's happening in the future. You can only do what you can do right now. Right. So remember what's important now, and know that it's always now. Yeah, it's always so now. It's yes. always now. So do what's important now. And finally, David. Well, this is the last one. I would just tell people. Don't screw up. <laughs> I think because, you said this on our on because, one of our first podcasts. Because I just like to say that. It's kind of funny. It's funny to me. It's so encouraging. Okay, yeah. so, but, but what Don't do you do mean? Don't do something stupid. Don't do something stupid. Don't do lots of things stupid. You're now, going to do some things. But when you're new, just don't do something immoral or illegal and try to fit in to be cool and end up really hurting some some kids. Just don't do that. Well, and that's a big spectrum. Don't lie. Don't over. Don't exaggerate the truth. Don't don't tell half truths. Don't make excuses. All those things. That's what I mean by don't screw up. Because if you do that, you're going to not be able to do ministry very long. Don't do anything illegal. Don't do anything immoral. Don't do anything stupid. Don't tell lies or tell half truths or make excuses. Yeah, try any, to make yourself any, look good. Just don't, don't do try to make things. yourself look good because it's very tempting to do that, especially when you're starting off. Because you want people to like you, and you want people to respect you. And if you mess up, it's very humiliating and humbling to say, you know what, I messed up. I didn't prepare this, or I forgot this, or whatever it is. Or I said something to a student I shouldn't have said. And this sounds like another bit of advice that could apply to 28-year youth ministers as much as it could, you know, first-year youth ministers. But it, but it, but yeah. if you've been at the same church 28 years, it's a little easier to say, whoops, I screwed up, than it is in your first year yes, or your first I month. Think so, yeah, because you have some credibility built in, and they know you don't do that all the time. Right. And that's you not your heart. You wouldn't still be there. And that's not your heart. But if they don't know your heart, and you're just starting off. And you do something stupid or you, immoral. Yeah, you don't want to start off. Uh, or ever for example I, I've heard of student I mean uh, youth ministers who are hanging out with students and they're joking around and everybody's joking and the next thing you know somebody tells a dirty joke and the yeah. youth minister laughs mm-hmm. and then they tell a little bit more dirty joke and next thing you know the youth minister's right there with them just because he wants to be popular right. so he's laughing at stuff that's immoral or it's just not good or he's using language 
he's comfortable using language that's not appropriate, mm-hmm. or he is uh, making fun of a student mm-hmm. who's in the group, but he thinks it's cool because he's going along with the guys that are because everybody bullying yeah. someone else or making fun of someone else, uh, and it's going to get back to the person, and you are going to get in trouble if you do that, and that would be considered screwing up. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that, man. So think like an adult, think like a parent, and don't screw up. You know, there was a book. And there's uh, about 50,000 other things you probably need to tell this new person in youth ministry. But those are some of the basics. That, uh, yeah, I mean. If you just did that, you would be in pretty good shape. Buster, those 11 things are such a huge blessing. And, and they are, I mean, I, I, I have been writing them down as he's been talking. Um, I hope that you have, if you're listening to these 11 things. Uh, what a what a what a gift! Hey, I just saw my wife drive. Hey, Becca, are you here, Becca? I just saw her drive. She's going to get to give here. you a hug. She I'm about to here. start. I, we're we're done. I think. Anything else you want to say? Is there a final? As my wife finds her way in here, is there a final word of blessing for youth ministers that you? Or would you be willing, uh, if you you know, to say a prayer over us? Sure. Um, as youth workers who aspire, many of us to make it 28 years in one, at one congregation uh, to continue being faithful and to practice all these things. Is there a way you could do that for us? Um, and if you have a final word, please say it. But I'm my wife's going to be here in a second. And, I just want to hug Becky. Well, that's going ha- to happen. That's on the table. I do, too. <laughs> that's what I want also. Yeah, get in line, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Everybody right. loves Becky Rubio. If you don't know Becky Rubio, man... She's she's David. She's okay. David's. Okay. So Thank you for the hey, sign. hey, kids, Yay, kids come, kids come back in here. <laughs> Be- Becky's Becky. Um, Buster is about to lead a prayer. Hey, are they all in there? Hey, y'all come in here. Buster's going to say a prayer. Ma- Madeline, so come on in here. Vincent, Kim, um, we are about to start the the side hug music, and uh, Buster's going to lead us in a. I guess Buster. Are you going to lead us in a closing prayer? A <laughs> closing prayer. <laughs> yes. The, the future nursery coordinator at Highland Church of Christ. If you're listening at home, please stand. <laughs> Take your hats off and please stand. All right. Well, we're going to, hey, let's stand up here. And Buster is going to say a closing prayer. And then at the conclusion of the closing prayer, can everybody, can we just get some hugs? Can we do some hugs? Yes. And it's critical that everyone hug Buster. And also, I'm going to hug everybody because that's just the way it goes. Uh, and, and, this will be it. This will, this is going to be my favorite closing to a podcast since. Thanks for Stephen, warning me that we were going to. <laughs> since Stephen Jerkins and I sang "Meanie Meanie Tickle Parson," which that's, to this point is my favorite closing. Uh, so don't forget the microphone is here, and we're going to hold hands as we pray. And Buster's going to pray for us. And Buster, don't forget you're you're praying over praying for the yeah, ministers. just yes. for, and for all of us. I mean, this is our youth ministers in their first year, youth ministers that have been doing this for decades, uh, and their wives and families. Families and uh, what a what a gift and a blessing it has been to have you with us. Okay, let's 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 pray. Okay, let's pray. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you for today. Uh, we pray right now, especially for youth ministers, uh, the men and women who are serving you uh, by leading students and their families uh, closer to Jesus. Uh, we pray that everything that we do uh, will give you glory. Pray that everything we do will uh, be helpful and uh, be something that give us things that we can say and things that we can do uh, to help our students be disciples of yours. Uh, We pray for uh, guys that are just starting out especially, God, that you would give them wisdom, uh, keep them humble, 
and uh, use their enthusiasm and their love for you to, to make an impact that's far greater than what they've even dreamed or imagined. And we pray that your spirit would lead them and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And that's amen. it for Hero Day. Let the hugs commence. Amen. Let's, Let's hugs do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kim, thank you so much fun. for being here. What a joy. I'm hugging my own kids right now. Kids, feel free to comment. We're still recording. I mean, it's really right now. There should be lots of hugs and hugs. Those are the best kids. Most of all, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, digital Rubio family is the best. Digital Side Hug community, we love you. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you. Hey, who's excited for the next 50 podcasts, huh? Yeah. Who's excited? Buster? Hey, Buster, can we bring you back for the 100th? 100th. Okay, yeah, let's celebrate the 100. We got him committed. All right, blessings. We'll see you next time on the digital side of